the kids present Kudos Kirby, a celebration of the journey of Jack Kirby's lesser known works. And here is your host, Angus. Welcome to Kudos Kirby, a comic's journey into Jack Kirby's lesser-known works. I'm Angus, and will be your guide through the monthly expedition to uncover those hidden gems from the King of Comics' over 20,000 comic book pages. We hope you enjoy this latest adventure in the journey. Devil Dinosaur, number four, object from the sky, in the misty reaches of the prehistoric past. In the days before the fall of the great lizards, there lived a creature the likes of which the world had never seen. In his time, he strode through the Valley of Flame, like a giant, red-scaled demon. His only companion, a young dawn man called Moonboy. Stan Lee presents Devil Dinosaur, edited, written, and drawn by Jack Kirby. The universe was a fearful enigma to the prehistoric creatures of the valley. But one night, it became a source of sheer terror when it sent an object from the sky. Where among the dwellers of the valley is the creature who hasn't sensed the coming of the dreaded leviathans? Where is the place of shelter that can hide one from the time of no escape? Cry to no avail! Run to no avail, for all that we see around us shall slide into the giant's belly and to be seen no more. Primitive Doomsday Text. Origin Unknown. And so begins Devil Dinosaur, number four, object from the sky, July 1978. In the midst of having nightmares about a creature from the sky coming to destroy the entire valley, Moonboy falls out of his tree and witnesses something crashing to earth. It crashes with such an impact, it begins tearing the land apart. So Devil Dinosaur and Moonboy leave to investigate the source. They arrive at the crash site, and unbeknownst to them, it is a spacecraft, out from which come humanoid alien robot creatures that Moonboy dubs Sky Demons, who begin to lay waste to all life forms, knocking out Devil and capturing Moonboy and taking him aboard their craft. While the robots begin destroying the valley, two of the Hill Folk tribe, Moonboy's kin, White Hair and Stone Hand, seek out Devil in hopes of him aiding them. Finding him, after just recovering from his unconsciousness, the pair witness him taking out one of the Sky Demons. But as Devil turns his back, the Sky Demon's not fully dead, and Stonehand saves his life from the alien's attack. The three strike up a partnership with the Hill Folk, following Devil as their new leader. Returning to the craft, the trio witness the aliens taking both dinosaurs and Hill Folk aboard for study. When one of the hill folk tries to escape, he is instantly vaporized. Fearing for their lives, Stonehand tries to leave, but Whitehair insists they stay with Devil, who turns away from the craft and starts toward the Tower of Death in a plan to overwhelm the invaders with what lies within. 
and thus the end of this particular issue and cliffhanger that you, the reader, are left with. This particular read is a feast for the eyes. Not only is it an interesting introduction of Jack Kirby's signature superheroish space artistry, but it also allows him to expand his horizons further with this prehistoric world, with these objects from the sky. The opening panel where the quote came from the primitive doomsday text origin unknown is absolutely gorgeous. It is poster art. There is lots of crackle in there, lots of dots in there, interesting eyes and shapes. It's, I would almost say, a little psychedelic. So if you were looking at some Dicko art from Doctor Strange, really Kirby is pulling in some really cool earlier Silver Age influences in this Bronze Age piece, and it is just exquisite to see. Of course, the redness of Devil Dinosaur comes out with Moonboy running on his back and the traditional dinosaurs being uh, laid out there in the land. But this thing coming from the sky really looks awe-inspiring and intimidating. And it's partly from Moonboy's essentially nightmare where he is thrown out of the tree and screaming and then looking at what would eventually fall out of the sky and land where he and Devil would go investigate that particular crash. The reveal of the crash is really something to behold. It almost takes on a Close Encounters of the Third Kind, where you have the alien spacecraft having landed on Earth, and in this particular instance, it's crash-landed, and it's in a rocky ravine, and it just stands out. The artistry in this is really cool. It does a fine job of introducing these aliens to this prehistoric world, They are decked out in these blue, yellow, and orange metallic adorned suits with helmets on. It looks like there's breathing apparatus in there. Very menacing with respect to their faces, very grimacing, almost taking on the same stoic nature that you would see in, let's say, a Ben Grimm or a Hulk when they're mad. The high-tech that they are using here in this prehistoric world. Flamethrowers coming out of their arms. They've got gravitational packs on where they can hover. They're smashing things at will and really laying waste to the land. And these make for some spectacular action art by Kirby. Lots of purples and reds and... Oh man, it's just fantastic. And of course, Kirby coming up with descriptive exclamationary language like... Sawoom for a rocket taking off. And it just makes you wish that this particular series had eventually been adopted into an animated series for that Saturday morning cartoon crowd. I know I, as a kid, would have been in front of my TV, still in my jammies, eating my cereal, just taking all this in. This is just great, great stuff. This particular issue has a lot of facial close-ups. The look of concern and and fear in Moonboy is really captured well by Jack. There are some really good close-ups too, also of white hair, in particular when he's speaking of 
a devil dinosaur and resigning himself to the fact that he is really the only being that can help them in making sure that these aliens go away or at least are contained because very quickly the hill tribe figure out that they are overwhelmed they are technologically outmatched and they're on the clock with regard to life expectancy the way in which these aliens are laying waste to the lands the other dinosaurs actually cannot put up too much of a fight there's a triceratops that is easily captured it's devil dinosaurs intellect and also strength to be able to charge these aliens overwhelm them and eventually kill one of them reveals that okay they actually stand a shot here the hill people teaming up with devil dinosaur and in one particular sequence when the alien goes to torch devil dinosaur even after it has fallen on the ground the member of the hill tribe comes in and smashes the back of the suit of the alien and essentially explodes the flamethrower tank on the back and thus killing the alien off. Done in really, really gripping detail. I would say overall, this is another hit by Jack. He really, really does a fantastic job of providing the reader with just non-stop action. Lots of really cool scenes this is really laid out like a storyboard for an animated series could easily have been a series developed off of every one of these panels and i like the cliffhanger here don't miss the shattering climax it's the hairiest trip ever journey to the center of the ants which is teased at the end of issue when you as the reader are revealed that devil dinosaur is looking at the tower of death that stands in that direction as remarked by the hill tribesmen i fear that our leader lacks a mind as well as a tongue but the white hair says he reasons with great courage to use that tower is to overwhelm the invader so obviously white hair having been around the block is on to what Devil Dinosaur is trying to accomplish here with trying to lure the aliens there over to that tower. Let's move on to one of my favorite sections of every one of these Devil Dinosaurs, and that is the Dinosaur Dispatches. This is Jack's way of connecting with the reader and soliciting feedback on the series. Dinosaurs as devils and moon boys as primitives. You know how the caricatures are created? The large dinosaur in close focus is immediately an awesome threat. A monster, a killer, a frightening roar that chills the viewer each time a King Kong rerun hits the local TV screen. It is time to freeze in one's chair while the beboppers run for cover to a nearby room. Of course, this kind of thing pays off for everyone concerned, which not only includes filmmakers and their eager audiences, but also the academic crowd that furnishes the basic product for our basic fears to chew on. Sure, the dinosaur was no doubt a large customer, with what we consider a mean disposition, but it is evident that we cannot honestly view him on our own terms, no more than we can assume the earliest moon boys to have been hairy little rudiments of later day men. My guess is that every living creature is capable of an intelligent and compassionate move. Yes, even a man-eating shark has been known to release its prey for reasons unknown to us. Ask any scuba diver who still treasures his foot despite the ugly teeth marks still present in the skin. 
It is we who have made the dinosaur a devil and early man a primitive version of ourselves. It is we who listen to the tales of witch doctors, old and new, for the surges of adrenaline so necessary to our existence. In my opinion, it is time to put a halt to this type of practice. Fear, of course, breeds hatred. And I dread to think of what would happen should a living dinosaur found in the Amazonian jungle or a Bigfoot wander unwittingly into a supermarket in Northern California. Wham, bam, don't give a damn response is certain to follow. These poor anachronisms, which soon be pelts for the camera and grist for the media mill, are fetish for security would be satisfied and a great opportunity for another kind of relationship with a unique species clearly lost. It's all a matter of conditioning, friends. We reserve humanity only for ourselves and see little or no reflection of it in other creatures. That's why we can dispatch them with that terrible toughness peculiar to our own kind. Nobody with credentials of any sort is ever going to change that attitude. It's our MO, our method of operation. However, we do have the capacity for fanciful projection and employ it beneficially in many ways. I, for one, try it in this magazine and know full well that I may not be too far off base to conceive of a dinosaur with heroic instincts or a dawn man of well-rounded character, prone to the soppy sentiments of loyalty and courage. Humanity was there at the beginning, just as surely as it is among us today and as inevitable as it will be in the distant future. To see humanity in a portioned variety among life about us can't possibly be a negative approach to any subject. I believe that to read Devil Dinosaur is more than experience in story form. It's a road to meaningful thought, a legitimate look at the other side of the street, an up version in a small way of a very large segment of our own environment. To accept Devil and Moon Boy as personal visions is an act of sharing and another source of interest in our daily lives. For despite all evidence to the contrary, it is entirely possible for each of these characters to involve themselves in the modern context. Who cares why or when dinosaurs died out? That fact when it is finally ascertained will still be a cold and tasteless morsel for consumption. Who cares if Moon Boy didn't have a car in his cave or golf course near the swamp of his choice? The point of these adventures is that he could manage to utilize both if they were available to him. In all truth, he finally got them anyway, although it took him a million years or so to do it. Time itself is nothing more than an interim in which to collectively get things done. And ultimately, Moon Boy will have done everything. He'll have gone far beyond producing satellites and housing tracks. His trail will be littered with the innards of computers, chemical substitutes for natural foods, and bombs which will destroy people but leave their shoes in immaculate condition. There's no doubt in my mind that such a clever little rascal is well worth writing about. The facts are that he's been done to a turn by writers throughout the centuries. 
But here we have caught him in his infancy, carousing with gusto in the greatest incubator ever devised, an infant earth, hatching mysteries and miracles for marvelites of the present to unravel. If Devil and Moonboy continue to gallop your way, it will indicate your own serious interest in what thought and entertainment are all about. At any rate, what are your views on the subject? Send the word to Jack Kirby, Box 4943, Thousand Oaks, California, 91360. End dispatch. What a great, great correspondence from Jack to the Reader. These are remarkable insights, and I get a thrill every time I can share these with you, that we're able to get into the mind of Jack Kirby, see what he's thinking, and the passion that he is pursuing this entire series with. So, won't you join us next time for Devil Dinosaur number five. And to you, Jack, kudos, Kirby. (laughs) 